week. They could be at six wins. They could be still at five wins. And this AFC South race, the bottom of the line here is, it could get tight in a hurry if things break tight. <laughs> Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast for Friday, November the 17th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT here live at Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Tap House in Spring Hill. JT, how are you? I'm good. Once again, great place to be, an even better place to watch tonight's Thursday night football game. Yeah, we finally have a great one. We finally have a, a good one. Ten, uh, ten yeah. weeks toiling, wandering in the desert. Um, you have to die before you go to heaven. Here we yes. are. We've died. Last week we died with the Panthers and yep. the Bears. Yep. And we get Bengals-Ravens tonight. One could argue an elimination game for your Cincinnati Bengals. Correct. Certainly important. Or Vibe, vibe check. How are we feeling? Fine. I mean, I'm excited. You're lying. I, I, You're yeah. a liar. I mean, I'm a little worried. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, it, it's tough, man. It, it really does feel like an elimination game, at least for, for the Bengals. Um, so they're, they're going to have to bring it tonight. Yeah. One yeah. or the other. It'll be exciting. We'll be watching live here at Boom Buzz, and we would love for you to come hang out with us. Of course, we do the show here live on Thursday evenings at 530. But then we hang around at the bar for at least the first half of every single Thursday night football game all season long and we're doing gift card giveaways each and every week so if you want to come and eat and drink on our dime on boomba's dime just come say hey we'd love to hook you up with one of those they make great pizza you got a great selection of brews on tap and it's a great place to watch the game on one of the many flat screen tvs they have here in the store if you're watching with us live today appreciate you boy being in with us do us a couple of favors first of all if you're watching on facebook or on uh, twitter head on over to Broadway sports media's youtube page Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. You'll find the live stream of this show there. And that is where you'll be able to be a part of the conversation live with us. The comment section of that video, like William and Derek, who are here with us already. William saying, hope y'all are having a great week. Always appreciate when I can get on the live show. We appreciate you being here, William. Thanks for spending some time to talk Titans with us. Of course, we're previewing Titans Jaguars today. And it is a game that, as we talked about last week, kind of previewed this two-game Florida road game stretch, uh, it's it's a turning point. Yes. I think it's a, I'm think i searching for the word. I can't think of anything better than a turning point in the season for this Titans team. It's not to say that they are um, strong contenders if they win and absolutely out if they lose, but if they want any chance of being able to compete in the AFC South, they need to win this game. And if they are going to be playing the rest of the season for the best possible draft pick, they need to lose this game is essentially how this is going to go. Um, one last thing, if you're watching with us live, send this link to a buddy, a friend, help us share the show as best you can. We want as many live eyeballs on this show as possible. So if you can hit that like button, retweet button, all of those things you can help us do to get the show out there would be considered a personal favor. So thank you for that. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, by the way, on this game. Any questions or comments you might have, drop those in the comments section for us. Let's get underway here with some preview statistics. First of all, this is not a number, but JT, I don't know if you saw earlier today. Um, on a, a football show, our friends Zach and Braden earlier in the day were talking about this game. Check that show out after we are done here. But Zach brought up an interesting point. It was week 11 last year. Thursday night football in Green Bay. The Titans really did the last good thing yes, <laughs> until, until, until they fell apart. Um, of course, they went on the road, a big statement game. It's a trail and Burks coming out party. Ryan Tannehill looks really good. The offensive line performs well. Everything is hunky-dory. And then on the plane ride home, a certain somebody had a couple too many and uh, got himself in trouble the next morning. And then from there, it, we've gone through this. It, it, everything spiraled. The, the team fell apart. They lost seven straight. And now we are one full year removed. It both feels longer than that and shorter than that. I would agree. Um, yes. It does. Part of me feels like we were just talking about this. And, and part of me feels like that was ages ago. But maybe the way that the NFL works and just the voodoo narrative here that Zach brought up, I completely concur. I do not actually back this idea, but if it's true, then I absolutely, I, I was on this boat. I just want to put it out there. We were, we, if, if we're right, we were there. If it, if it, if we're wrong, then I, I didn't have anything to do with this. Um, 
maybe they died week 11 last week, last year, and then this week 11, that's when they come back to life. That's that's science, right? That's how yeah, that has to that, work. That's how that works. Maybe this is the last game they lose, and then they win out the rest of the season. Maybe it's the inverse. I mean, it, to to be fair here, just not to put it out in, in, the, in the ether like this as well, but they are facing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who at this time as well were three and six last year, and then go on that run and end up winning the AFC South. So I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. The point I, is, it's possible. It is possible. It is not is likely. Possible. It is not likely, but it is possible. Let's get to some actual numbers here, and we're going to parrot this one, just copied and pasted from last week's show. It remains true, despite the Titans single-handedly trying to make the statistic less valuable in the yes. future. According to the Action Network, teams that face either the Buccaneers, Jaguars, or, or Dolphins, so one of the Florida NFL teams, on the second leg of a road trip or longer, are 95-52 now because the Titans lost last week and five against the spread. 95-51 and five, or 52 and five against the spread in the last 20 years. We don't know if that has to do with the fact that it's the state of Florida or the warm weather or the fact that these teams have been relatively bad over the last 20 years, um, all told. But that is a, a statistic in the favor of the Titans, both from a betting perspective and a winning perspective. With Trevor Lawrence, who we're going to talk about a decent amount today, the Jaguars are just, and this is, I, you, you brought this to me and I was surprised by just how big a gap this is. He's just eight and 16. Um, the next week after a loss. You're right. The next week after a loss and nine and 15 in those games against the spread. So not been great at bouncing back in his NFL career. I mean, that's, that's a big reason why he's the 11th least profitable straight up quarterback since he was drafted. Also, just four and eleven ATS when facing teams with a record at or worse five hundred. That's surprising. They can't. So you hear good teams win, great teams cover. The Jaguars have done a decent amount of winning recently with Trevor Lawrence, but they've not been able to cover against the bad teams. Yeah, I mean it's classic. Uh, what a lot of teams go through and where they play down to their competition. This Jags team has been no exception because uh, they do have some glaring holes. As Derek says here, uh, the Jags are still going to Jag eventually. It's in their nature. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of holes on this team, despite the, the sexy weapons that they have at their disposal. You see all of those fall flat last week uh, against the 49ers in a really good defense. Um, so, Everything didn't yes, work against that. Nothing night. worked for them. And then, it, like I said right there with those stats, or like you said, it, it's it, it's not been great for them to bounce back the next week either. No, and to be fair, you know, if you do, and I buy into this relatively often, teams in the NFL, they ebb and they flow. It's a, it's a wave, and so you're going to have some games that you're up and some games that you're down, and there's a lot of bounce back and regression spots. It's obviously a bounce back spot for a Jaguars team. They got embarrassed at home right. off of their bye last week against the Niners. Very good team. The Titans are no Niners, but the Niners proved this Jaguars team is absolutely fallible. One of the things the Niners did, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, they did a very good job of getting after Trevor Lawrence in the pass rush. We know that on paper, the Titans have the horses to do that, but in practice, it's not been something they've done a whole lot of. Some other numbers for you before we dive into some opinions on this game. Uh, the Jaguars have done a good job in their last nine divisional matchups. They've outscored their opponents in the last nine AFC South meetings, uh, 229 to 166. Uh, through 10 weeks, the Jaguars are tied for the most takeaways in the NFL with 18. Uh, the Titans near the bottom of the list. Now, the Titans have, it's a double-edged short, right? They, they've done a pretty good job, actually, this year of not turning the ball over. They're near the top in terms of turnovers, but causing turnovers, creating turnovers, taking away the ball from the offense, they are near the bottom. Um, so it's been, most Titans games this year have been very low uh, in terms of total turnovers. That could change. It's kind of a, it's a, an immovable object meeting an unstoppable force here. The Jaguars doing a fantastic job leading the NFL with 18 takeaways so far this season. Their secondary has also been very effective, ranking second in the AFC with 11 interceptions on the year. So if you're looking for a Will Levis <laughs> rookie mistake game, throw a couple of picks. Wouldn't shock me if this is the game where that comes. Yeah, and I mean that's I think that's one of the biggest takeaways this season, right? Um, or or for this game so far this season, we've seen now for three weeks as much as Will Levis has sh shown his flashes, 
he's gotten away with a couple of uh, of plays where he makes a very poor decision. And, and uh, last yeah, week in particular, there were I think there were two balls before he did finally throw an interception um, that absolutely could have been yeah, or maybe should and have been. Now he's going up against a secondary that has made those quarterbacks pay when they make bad decisions. So if if the Titans at all want want to have a chance in this game, Will Levis is a going to have to eliminate those from his game and b just not turn the ball over because whether or not um, this Jags defense is just that good at taking the ball away, it's happened this year for them, and they're going to continue to uh, try to get the try to win the turnover battle. Now I said before the season, and I still kind of believe this, although I have to eat a little, I have to eat my shorts a little bit on this because they statistically have done a, a pretty good job this year. We came into the year previewing the AFC South. I was talking about how I thought this Jaguars defense was was just a bunch of nobodies, just a bunch of Jags, no pun intended. And they they've done a good job. They they have been. You could argue they've actually been the stronger unit of the two on this Jacksonville team, which is both an indictment of their offense and a reflection of how their defense has been playing. I think a little bit above where they should be on paper. Now, don't get me wrong. Against the Titans, that's. Frankly, the team, like, if you want to pad your defensive stats, not a bad idea to play the Titans. Uh, one other guy, we're going to talk about a couple other individuals in this game, but a guy that I think the Titans have to, I'm sure they are focusing on, and Titans fans need to keep an eye on. Uh, I know the Titans are focusing on this guy because he ate them up twice last year and was in one of the two games they played last year. You could argue the reason they lost the game. It's Evan Ingram. Yep. Star tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars really just a glorified receiver. If we're being honest, he's not, doesn't do a whole lot of tight ending, um, but he's a big body that lines up uh, on the end of, of the offensive line lines up in the slot frequently runs routes frequently. And last year gave the Titans middle linebackers, put him in a blender, absolutely keeping it kid friendly here, gave him a hard time. Yes. Uh, and th that is something that I'm sure they have circled this week. We cannot allow him to beat us. Now, I'm not sure they have the guys to dictate that. It may be out of their control, the Titans. They're, they're linebacking core. We've been talking about how it is a difficult group. Um, it's, a, it's a very limited group, and th they may have to scheme ways to get some of those safeties involved. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw some more safety work in the box this week from the Titans just to try to mitigate that. Maybe force Jacksonville, who surprisingly, I don't know if you've been paying a lot of attention to them, JT, but the past couple of weeks, Calvin Ridley has been non-existent. They've not been pushing the ball downfield with him. In fact, when they look to push the ball downfield, they've been going to Christian Kirk a lot recently. I'm not sure what Press Taylor, the guy calling their plays, their offensive coordinator, is doing exactly. It, it, it's the wrong guy. Like you need to get your big-bodied field stretcher down there. Like I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, Calvin Ridley, he's, it's not a big body, but he's bigger than Christian Kirk, I believe. Uh, am I am I wrong about that? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know at least he's, he's a more Calvin talented. Ridley. He's a more talented deep threat. I'm kind of just assuming he's bigger based on vibes, but I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah, but he's, either he's way, he's, he's the historic. Okay, so historically, he's the he's the better deep threat. Is the bottom line here, and they've not been utilizing him that way. And I'm 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 confident in saying they are they're doing doing it with the wrong guy. I don't know why. Um, and Christian Kirk is fine. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of a deep threat, Calvin Ridley is that guy on this team. They've not been doing it. Maybe the Titans dare them to do that a little bit more. Maybe they, they identify that as a weakness for Jacksonville, saying, I, I dare you to beat us this way. And so the Titans choose to dedicate some more bodies to the box and defend that way. That wouldn't shock me at all. But some numbers on Ingram and what he's done, not just to the Titans, but to all the teams the Titans or the uh, Jaguars have played. Evan Ingram ranks second in the league among tight ends with 300 yards after the catch. Ingram is also the only tight end to have 300 yards after catch and over 400 total receiving yards so far this season. That is uh, just reflective of the fact that they are not afraid to look to him early and often in games. Yeah, and I mean, I, to your point, I think it's it's mainly because Trevor Lawrence does have a, a, a much better and stronger connection with those two over Calvin Ridley. Obviously, Calvin Ridley just for time. Uh, it right. is it is his first season back and. He does play in a more dynamic way that that isn't, you know, is not kind of the the Trevor Lawrence's bread and butter. Trevor, Trevor mm -hmm. Lawrence, when, when he is, is operating in the pocket there, he's looking for his guys that he knows. Um, Slice and dice underneath in structure. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's it's tough for Calvin Ridley. But yeah, I, I would say that 
the important things to do in this game if you're going to eliminate two guys. You have to eliminate the guys Trevor Lawrence feels most comfortable with throwing to, and that's Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. One more number for you before we talk about some uh, key matchups in this game. You want to guess? I don't know if you've seen it in the rundown or not, but I hope not. You want to guess how many touchdowns the Titans have this year on the road? They've played five games, five such five games. games. How many touchdowns? They well, have? I know they didn't. They know they didn't score one last week, so that mm-hmm. narrows it down to four games. They didn't score one in Cleveland either. They didn't so they score one in games. Cleveland. I'll say you know that Colts game was kind of high scoring, so I'll say four. Two. They oh wow. Two. Okay. On the road, one was Tajay Spears, a long run. The other, I cannot remember. They may both belong to Spears. I could be. I know one is Spears. I don't remember who the other one is. But um, the point is, Joseph, you are a hair under. Joseph in the comments saying one touchdown. They've had two. Um, but in five games, it's not a very good rate. An interesting edge in this game. I was looking at some advanced metrics this week on both of these teams, trying to see where the Titans might be identifying from a scheme perspective ways to get the edge on this team. I think there's a coverage edge that the Titans may be looking to exploit. I I saw a chart put out, and I wish I I saved it to give credit. I was looking before the show, couldn't find it. Uh, A chart of every NFL quarterback this season so far and their success rate against each type of defensive coverage, as well as how frequently they've faced that coverage. And Trevor Lawrence, you look at his line, and it's it's color-coded and everything, so you can tell it's like a heat map, where he's good, where he's bad. Sticks out like a sore thumb. His cover three success rate he is easily at his worst when he faces cover three one of the worst in the league and he's faced it a decent amount this year naturally i think teams are identifying that as something they want to throw at him and so he's continuing to struggle against it so it's not like it's a 10 snap sample size he's faced it quite a bit the titans for their so i went and i thought okay what are the titans doing in cover three so far this year is that a strength of theirs They are uh, running cover three. The Titans are 30% of the time this season, the highest percentage coverage for them on the year so far. And in terms of how well they've run it, how how much success they found in that coverage, in cover three, the Titans are 21st in the league in success rate and 17th. um, They have the 17th best EPA per play in cover three. Now, those aren't astounding numbers, but when you consider in comparison to the rest, like, just overall, how the success rate of the Titans secondary, overall the EPA per play rate, those are both above average for them. So they are better in cover three than in other um, elements of this uh, of the, the 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 playbook for their secondary. And so uh, it would not shock me at all if you saw a, a, quite a bit of cover through this week against a Jaguars team and a Trevor Lawrence in particular who has struggled against that. Okay, do you have anything to say on that? Have- yeah, I mean, okay. at least for that one, right? It, it's it's how the Titans are going to have to have to attack this game because, as we said on Wednesday's show, the, the Titans just don't have the personnel, talent-wise, to, to really make that factor. So what? And we saw Shane Bowen also say today the defense just has not effectively played well enough to win games, and I think that is a little bit true. I, I, I disagree with him on really? that. Yeah, I mean, this was the whole this was the whole topic of debate on a football show on on Monday. There is a big difference between playing well. I, I strongly contend that they have given the offense a chance to win all but one game this year, I, but they've also not been playing well. Yes. I agree with that part and, and um, to their standard. I, I, I think what I, what I was about to say with that is that I agree with you that the Titans have, they've kept them in games, but we haven't seen that shut down dominant style defense that right, we're right. very accustomed to. And I think that rings true because just the personnel is, is a lot different and a lot weaker than it has been in, in previous years. And there's going to have to be some guys who step up, especially this week. Well, and you've also, I mean, you've got like Sean Murphy bunting. Yes. It, injuries on the secondary where you are even further hamstrung as to what you can and can't do. Now we'll talk later in the news with producer JT about what the Titans injury situation looks like this week. And spoiler, it's been good news so far for Sean Murphy bunting, not a lock, but promising. So we'll get to that in a bit. Stoney joining us. Love when Stoney joins us in the comments. Just got here, he says. But I always love cooking dinner for my wife. What a gentleman. What a, I mean, Stoney Keeley is a gentleman, a, an entertainer, a reader and writer, a lover of the arts. An enjoyer of IHOP turkey stuffing sandwiches. I mean, dare, dare I say Stoney Keeley is the greatest renaissance man that i know could, could he be could he be the next guy for the uh Dosecki's most interesting the, man in the world in, in my opinion he is one of the most interesting people that i know and he's a renaissance man and i love him to death so stoney thank you 
for being here. He says that they're having, ooh, ooh, chicken marsala tonight. I need fancy. When am I getting an invite to the Keeley household? <laughs> this needs to happen. Okay. I don't know. We can get past the holidays, but sometime I'm going to invite myself over there, Sony, because I need to try your delicious cooking. Um, all right, back to the Titans. Back to the Titans. Stoney says, bless you too. No, bless you, Stoney. Uh, I want to talk about the, the Jaguars offensive line. And last week, a lot of the issues that they were plagued with were a result of, shockingly enough, in any football game, this is the case. They couldn't protect Trevor Lawrence. They could not give their offensive plays time to develop. And there were a couple of uh, cut-ups from the tape, from, from different... Uh, tape specialist, tape grinders on, on Twitter.com this week of some particular, cause I didn't, I didn't get to watch that game live. I went back and watched most of it um, later after the fact, but there were some cutups of some particularly egregious uh, blocking attempts. If you could call that from the Jaguars offensive line, they got overwhelmed and plays were broken by that Niners pass rush. A number of times. I mean, yeah, certainly for for a guy in Chase Young who just got here ten seconds ago, sure, he sure. looked like he was that that. Like I said, he looked like more people should have been banging the table, screaming "Veto, veto, veto" to that trade <laughs> for the San Francisco 49ers for sure. Um, where's Where's Roger Goodell? Get yeah. in here, Rog. Joseph in the uh, yeah. comments says that the defense has played well enough to win if the offense holds up their end of the bargain. However, they are far away from the top five defense. Many of us thought they could be absolutely just. That's the case, and that's what I want to talk about here. It's that defense that has to get after the quarterback this week if they want to have a game plan that looks anything similar to what San Francisco did last week. Now, looking at the individuals on the Jaguars offensive line, those bookend tackles are what I think the Titans are going to be keying in on. The Jaguars have Cam Robinson, a left tackle, veteran player, and then rookie Anton Harrison, who we talked about a lot in the spring. He is holding down the right side of that offensive line. And last week, he's on the season, he's done a pretty decent job for a rookie tackle. But last week against the Niners, in particular, Nick Bosa, he got his lunch eaten. I mean, he was he was under attack all day and was just a bit overwhelmed for most of that game. The Titans don't have a Nick Bosa. They do have, again, on paper, a complement of pass rushers that should be able to get after the quarterback. Harold Landry, who feels like he's getting better each and every week, even though I don't think he's back to 100% yet in terms of speed and agility. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, uh, Tier Tart, uh, Arden Key. These guys, again, on paper, it's a nice group, but they've been so, so disappointing, so underwhelming so far this season that I just... What are your expectations for them in this game? I, I, th I, I Every week, it feels like, for me, mentally, I'm like, okay, maybe this is the week where they for a lot of games where it felt like they just took over, and they were the reason the Titans were held in. And this, and this year, it's not really happened since week one. Is this where they finally have that game? I see. I, for me, I, I'm not putting a lot of expectations on it. If I had expectations for it, I would. My expectations would for them to be a little bit more consistent. If not, like I'm not expecting them to just get better overnight like that. I want to see at least a bit, a bit more consistency because we did see that in the beginning of that Buccaneers game last week. You saw Baker Mayfield getting very, very like hurried and that's what led to the interception on the first drive and just some bad bad overthrows and then once you get into the game that pass rush just kind of gets away and that's where baker mayfield has the time to find and let plays develop and he finds uh mike evans a lot more frequently and chris mm -hmm. godwin and that's mm -hmm. where it starts to get you in trouble and i think you could see that a lot again this week if that follows suit if you get trevor lawrence time He's going to have guys like Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram, and I can go on and on. If these guys get the chance to develop their roots and the play works out, he's going to find them. So, I yeah, I, I would say that it could be a week. It's Arden Key's homecoming week. He's it is. He's going back to it Jacksonville. Is. Maybe he that gives him some extra motivation. We hear Jeffrey Simmons every single week just say, basically, we have to be better. Yep, stay in the and, river. And it, and Keep it chugging. stays yep. uh, pretty consistently inconsistent. So maybe we see <laughs> that play get better to your tart his name we haven't called very much this season it feels like um and and if Janico Autry can kind of round out that group like you said um yeah I I would like to see them at least be a little more consistent Joseph in the comments sums it up pretty well he says I think the recipe for a Titans W is the defense playing well getting turnovers and giving the offense a short field to hopefully score touchdowns instead of settling for three half to be better in the red zone 
Glad you bring up the red zone. We're going to talk about that in just a second, Joseph, because I have some thoughts on that. I want to address what Kenneth said, and I appreciate Kenneth, who is never afraid to push back on what I have to say in the comments. I really do appreciate that, Kenneth. He says that Easton is clinging to that scoring defense while failing to account for the mid to bottom tier offenses they have played. Ritter, Carr, Minshew, Baker, not exactly a murderer's row. I have to push back on his pushback, okay? Because he then brings up the point that he says the only good quarterbacks the Titans have faced are Lamar and Herbert. Let's talk about those guys first. Against Herbert, they won the game. So my statement of the defense did enough for the offense to win the game is, is objectively true. Think about the end of that game, JT. Chargers marched down into the red zone. Looks like they may get the, 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 uh, the winning touchdown there at the buzzer. Big Harold Landry sack forces it to uh, forces them into a field goal kick into overtime. And that's where the Titans go on to win that game outright. That th the fact that they gave up 27 points is, is ignoring the fact that the defense did their job, gave the offense a chance to win. And the offense did in fact go and win against Lamar. I talked about this with Braden on a football show. Yes. They allowed it was 20, 22, 24 points. I think it was 24 points uh, in London. JT and I were at that game and we can't even remember the score. I think it was 24. To 16. Uh, yeah, because they lost by 24 to 16. They allowed 24 points to ja uh, uh, the, the the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Kenneth, what did they go and do, the Ravens, the next couple of weeks? They played two teams better than the Titans in the Lions and the Seahawks. Seahawks yeah. Lions, Seahawks, the next two weeks, and scored a combined 734,207 points. I don't like, think that's exactly true. No, I, I did the math. That's true. They scored a gajillion points against those two better teams in the Titans. The fact that the Titans held that offense to only 24 points, that, in, in hindsight, I think that that is absolutely a, a, a number you can point to and say, 24 was a very good job against that very good Ravens offense which we're going to see here in just about an hour tonight I, I think that that was enough to win that game yeah I mean it's it's 75 points if you if you want to get technical so you're averaging about uh about uh, what 32 or 38 and a half or something I think that's quick math around there 37 um so yeah I mean almost two full touchdowns afterwards um in the two weeks follow, uh, following uh the Titans win so I mean you you do have uh some credit there that yes they've done They've done enough to keep this offense in the game. It's just the problem is everyone on the offensive line gets hurt. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, mm -hmm. the Titans had a chance to win that Baltimore game, um, which would even be, down to the end. I mean, Malik Willis is Malik in the red Willis zone after a big Tajay run, and you you felt like they may have a, a tying chance there. And right, I love Derek in the comments shouting out the Braves, the shirt I'm wearing here. Not football related, but Ronald Acuna just won NL MVP. Love that. Very exciting. Yeah, don't you love that no, for the that. for the Braves? No, I don't. Uh, you you as a Mets fan hates that. That's surprising. Um, okay, let's see. Just making sure we've uh, addressed all our comments here. Evan says if the, if the defense forces long passing downs, they may have a chance. He also says if Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, has doubled all game, who do you see taking advantage of the one-on-one -on -one matchup? Great question, and I can go ahead and tell you Simmons is going to be doubled for a lot of the game. It, it it depends on who who is going to be facing the, the rookie tackle, in my opinion. And um, I, I, I want to say that's probably going to be Arden key because I don't think that they switch sides still. The time I've not, the last couple of games I've not checked um, to see if they've started switching, but I don't believe that they switch sides. And so I think Arden key is going to get most of the game matched up against Anton Harrison. But if I'm wrong about that, just go ahead and everything I'm about to say, switch out Arden key for Harold Landry. Mm -hmm. But that's the guy that I think has the biggest opportunity to win that matchup again. You got a rookie tackle who was a late, late first round pick, right? Like 28th overall, 29th. He was a first yeah, round. Anton Harrison. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Late first round pick, uh, this last off season, good, good prospect, good player, but he still has the ability to be overwhelmed by a veteran pass rusher of which the, the most, Titans the most too. boring, I think of the high end offensive line prospects. I think that was like what our decision was. <laughs> very he's got, yep. he's got very good skills, but he lacks that it factor that Skaronsky and the Paris ceiling, and the ceiling was low. Right. All those guys. A hundred percent agree. Um, one last thing on this game before we, before we get to the slander in here is just ridiculous, <laughs> man. <laughs> what was the last time the Mets won a pennant? What did he uh, say? 80, 86, 86. Wasn't right. even a twinkle in my, in my father's, father's eye. eye. You were not even close. No. Um, let's talk about the red zone, which Joseph brought up a moment ago. JT, there is red zone regression, regression. There we go. Words coming for this team. This Titans team has to regress in the red zone. It's just a matter of when. Okay, we talked about this on a couple of shows this week, but right now, Tennessee is 31st in the league 
for their red zone efficiency, turning red zone trips inside their opponent 20-yard line into touchdowns instead of field goals. They are almost dead last. Now, the New York Jets have done a very impressive job of maintaining that last position, but both of them are in the 30s or lower. And when you look historically, that that number has to improve for both teams. If it holds, which again, I'm I'm positive it won't, but if it were to hold the success rate that both teams have had in the red zone, they would be number one and number two in the last decade for worst red zone efficiency in the NFL. That's 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 not for both teams, it's it's not going to be the case. Now they both could finish near or at the bottom this year, absolutely, but they're gonna get closer to that 50% mark as time goes on. And so it begs the question, when does that start to come back to the center? When do they start to regress back to the mean? This Titans team has been a shell of its former red zone glory self this year. It's been about execution. It's been about getting behind the sticks. It's been about having pre-snap penalties, ruin drives. It's been about failing to execute in key spots. You've got plays where things are schemed up, right? You've got Chick on the goal line last week where he's got a ball in between the defenders, middle of the field, standing on the goal line, hits him in the hands. It's, about, it's a bit of a hummer from Will Levis, but that's an NFL ball that you got to catch. It hits him yep. right here. He volleyball sets it up into the air and it almost gets intercepted. It's not for a DeAndre Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins PBU where he sheathed his sword playing DB there for a minute. So that was um, the kind of thing where you've got to execute on those plays. You can't get behind the the you can't get behind the sticks where on your first two plays you go nowhere because you're running jumbo packages trying to run the ball and you're getting no push still despite having the body and number disadvantage or advantage excuse me on the field that can't happen um and so that's something where each and every week i'm going to continue to look to say okay we've not had the week yet where the titans go three for four in the red zone where the titans go for two for two in the red zone been a lot of one for fours and one for threes and oh for twos is this the week where they finally do that yeah i mean to, to not get yes it that. is i mean here you heard it you heard well, it here first jt says yes it is i, I said yeah i mean <laughs> no you I said yeah no i know you said um, yeah not to get too into baseball here but it's kind of like a baseball's hitter you know they, they are in this this historic slump and like like you said it has to get better sometime they're going up against a, a pass rush that i think is not the greatest in the world. Obviously, Josh Allen is playing amazing football right now. Yep. He's kind of yep. come back and become the the prospect that they thought he was going to be. Trayvon Walker still is just like not it, and he continues to prove that he's he, been fine. He's, he's just been not fine. been number he's one like, overall pick material at all. No, overall. So I mean, I think they're they're going to have a better time this week. I think the offensive line will probably be able to handle. At this line, unlike the giant monster that Vietnamea is, um, <laughs> the and, interior and so, should have a better day than yeah, last week. Yeah, um, so I think they will have the opportunity to get into the red zone, and uh, the way they can do that, um, and as everyone now in, in unison is talking about in the in the uh, chat here, Levis using his legs to at least move the chains could be crucial. Bingo. Um, That's the last thing I want to talk yeah. about here because Kenneth and Joseph and Evan all on the same page here in the comments, and we heard it this week from. Will Levis on his Wednesday press availability, he said that he self-scouting and has decided that he needs to move a little bit more. And this is what we've been calling for. Again, we talked on Wednesday a lot. It was Wednesday was a great episode. I don't often endorse past episodes on this show, but I absolutely recommend going and listening to our Wednesday show. We covered three really big topics, brought a lot of numbers, a lot of strong opinions that I think you're going to either agree with or strongly disagree with and find it entertaining nonetheless. So go check that out. But we talked a lot about how they've got to find ways to get creative and they are hamstrung in that capacity because it's hard to be creative when you have bad players and when you have glaring holes one of the things they absolutely can do it doesn't require any more personnel it doesn't even require a change in scheme or a change in play calling will levis can move more he's young and he's athletic and so that's good that congratulations you're capable of doing that tennessee titans he needs to be able to move more now that doesn't mean he needs to, to force it and bail on clean pockets. They do occasionally provide him a clean pocket. He needs to, it, it's a difficult task to, to find that line between where you it's need almost, to not bail early and you need to go ahead and get out of there, but he needs to be booted. So they need to take that choice away from him is what I'm saying. Yes. Instead of forcing him on plays where it's a, a three, five, seven step drop in the pocket and he's got to decide when, when to leave and when not to get some action 
designed into the play. Get some boots. Get some designed yeah. rollouts. Get some get some uh, uh, double or triple options in there. Like give this guy some designed ability to move and use his athleticism. That is what they have to do in this game, and I think that they will based on what they've said this week. And as this thought just popped into my mind, it's almost been the exact opposite of Malik Willis in, in yes. the sense that Will Levis stays in the pocket even when it has collapsed and tries to make that play. Where it's an could, admirable trait, yeah, to be fair, like it, it's, it it, that's a good thing, but um, he needs to do it less. <laughs> where where he could maybe make a play on his on his feet, whereas Malik Willis just shrivels up and instantly goes into fight or flight mode yeah. and, and tries yeah. to scramble. So both of these quarterbacks need to regress to a, to a healthy medium <laughs> where their decision-making is a little bit more 50-50, I would say. I completely agree. All right, anything else from folks in the comments or from you, JT, before we move on to the news? Uh, yeah, we got one more comment here where Joseph is saying, I think uh, he would be a great quarterback at the improvised plays when things break down, getting out of the pocket and buying some time and hit a deep bomb downfield when coverage breaks down. Yeah. Just making sure that the play continues to, to progress because he showed us that in the Atlanta game, yeah. by the way, I mean that, that fourth touchdown pass across the field to NWI is most impressive pass of the day. That was a, I don't think it was designed. I think he evaded the pocket, escaped the pocket, evaded the pass rush, moved to that right-hand side of the field bought himself some time and then threw off his back foot and used that arm arrogance to his advantage. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. All right. That is it for us today on the preview, but we have two great segments left. So don't go anywhere. We of course got the best segment of the week. In my opinion, the best bet gauntlet coming up and we've got an interesting, a juicy slate for you this week. It is a lot of lines that we like, not a lot that we love, but there's plenty of value to be had. So we'll be talking about that, looking to make you some more money. But right now, we've got to get to the news with producer JT. Before we do, if you're watching with us on YouTube, we see that a number of you are. Do us a favor. If you're not subscribed to Broadway Sports Media already, please, personal favor, do that for us. It costs you nothing. It helps you get access to these in the future. You'll get alerts and notifications if, if you so choose. If you get that notification bell to know when we are live and when we are talking Titans. And if you're listening now, I'd imagine you'd like to listen in the future. So hit subscribe to be able to do that. All right, let's get to the news with producer JT. As always on Thursday, it's the injury report first. JT, what are we looking at? Yeah, so a couple of notes on this injury report. First of all, Chance Campbell, the linebacker, goes on to the IR, so he'll be out at least four weeks. Sounds like it might be a little bit more with that knee injury. Obviously sustained that um, in practice, or not in pregame warm-ups pre yeah. uh, before the game against the Buccaneers. So he is not going to go for the foreseeable future. Some guys who definitely are not going to go this week, wide receiver Traylon Burks, who still has not practiced because of that concussion. Kind of something that we said last week that that con concussion was pretty serious. So they would at least probably sit him out those two weeks. Next week, we'll have to see though. And then um, Andre Dillard also not practicing this week because of a concussion. Is that a good thing? Uh, is it not? I, I, Obviously, it it's be not worse. good for, it for can't human. Be, yeah, but, yeah, sure, sure. Um, could it, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe be a little better, of course, for the Titans this week, kind of give them some more clarity on the offensive line? Maybe. We'll have to see. Um, and then get to some of the guys, like you said, um, that are questions this week. Daniel Brunskill, um, limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday with that ankle injury. He said today that he's hoping he's ready to go soon. Yep. Um, so that's good for him. And then big Sean, news, by yeah. the way. I mean, they need him back. Yeah. And then Sean way. Murphy Bunting with that thumb, who earlier this week he did uh, tell the media that he did have surgery to repair that thumb. He's been limited twice this week. Those two guys, do you think they have a chance of going this week? I do. I mean, as always, the Friday injury report is the most telling, but I think that both have a chance. It sounds from what I'm hearing like Sean Murphy Bunting is likely to go at this point. We'll find out some more tomorrow. And then, of course, on Sunday, he's somebody that wouldn't shock me if tomorrow he's listed as questionable and it is a game time decision to be sure. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be if, if they can get all three of their top corners on the field in SMB, Roger McCreary and Christian Fulton, who have been playing varying levels of good ball recently. Like if they can get that to click at the same time for the first yeah. time all year, it, it could revolutionize the way the secondary is playing, which is sorely needed. Yep. And then on the Jacksonville Jaguar side, just a couple of ones here. Uh, Jamal Agnew uh, did not practice yet this week. Doesn't sound like he's going to go. And then Tyson I believe he's been confirmed out for the week. Yeah. So he will not go this week. And then Tyson Campbell also not practicing yet this week for a hamstring. So that at least weakens that 
uh, Jacksonville secondary a little bit. And then just a couple of other guys, Zay Jones, who's been limited, obviously has that off the field incident right now. Not sure if he's going to go right. a guy to keep your eye on there. And then Anton Harrison also limited another guy to keep your eye on because you never know. All right, what else we got in the news? Yeah, and then one more thing here. Let's just talk about, um, like you were saying, the Titans' uh, defense has held their opponents to few enough points to win ball games this year. That might be changing. Um, it might be changing because of just the strength of schedule the Titans have had to go through in their first uh, weeks one through ten. So wanted to show you this graphic, but obviously with our live setup we couldn't. So gonna have to do some charades here and just kind of right, right, right. We'll chart it out. We'll chart it out. Whiteboard. We'll draw it for you yeah, right here. Exactly. So the Titans through the first uh, ten weeks, ten weeks, there you have go. been in at least on the strength of schedule side, been in the quadrant that is titled facing bad offenses and good defenses, which is right. true for the most part. Um, and then for the future of their strength of schedule here, they are facing bad offenses and are facing good offenses, but with bad defenses. So, right. um, so a chance for the, for the offense to get off the schneid yep. a little bit, to put some games together, which is exciting for all of us. I think that's what most fans would choose right now. Um, but it does mean that the defense is going to, again, this could be good news. If you're looking to spin it, it's okay. You're given a little bit of a reprieve in terms of difficulty of defensive opponent to mm -hmm. this offense that needs it badly. They need to start put stacking games, stacking reps, getting something going on defense. They have this again. They have the capability to be the unit that carries. Mm -hmm. Now is the time for them to step up. If they don't, the Titans could be in some shootouts going forward or they could get trounced going forward. But if they do step up in a big way, this Titans team can start to put some games together because I and mean, we didn't really talk about this JT. Like it's crazy. The Titans are three and six. They're fifteenth out of sixteen teams in the AFC. However, looking at the AFC South, if they were to win this week, they would go to four and six. The Jaguars would go to six and four. They'd be two games back with the tiebreaker head to head against Jacksonville with another Jacksonville game coming. So the math there is the the match number there is one. The Titans would need to win one more game down the stretch than the Jaguars do, as well as win against the Jaguars in order to have the at home in, in, in Nashville to have that tiebreaker. So just to make that crystal clear, if the Titans win this game, which they're not favored to do, we're talking about that in the best bet here in a second, but if they squeak this one out, they the magic number for them is one against the Jaguars going forward. They need to have one more non-Jacksonville win than the Jaguars do to have that tiebreaker against them. And then the Texans and the Colts, both at uh, one is at five and five, one's at five and four after this week. They could be at six wins. They could be still at five wins. And this AFC South race, the bottom of the line here is it could get tight in a hurry mm -hmm. if things break the Titans way. Now, again, that's not, we're not saying that it's going to, or it's likely to, but it's possible. And if there was ever a Mike Vrabel spot this weekend, feels like one of them. We know what happened in Jacksonville at the end of last year with Josh Dobbs as quarterback. And it came down to some ref ball that decided that one. And that was a low scoring game. And the Titans shell of a team gave, a Jacksonville team that was much hotter at the time than they are right now. To be fair, like a lot of people are going to say, well, this Titans team right now is worse than they were even the end of last year. This Jaguars team is worse right now than they were at the end of last mm -hmm. year, I would argue. So it wouldn't shock me at all if this is a gross, ugly, low scoring game. So that's a big deal for them. All right. Any more news for us today? That's going to do it for today. Right, that's producer JT with the news. And that leaves us with one more segment to get through today's show. It's the best bet gauntlet. Week 11 edition, of course, if you're new to the show, JT and I, each and every week, go into the best bet gauntlet with our favorite sides of the week. This is the betting segment where JT and I draft back and forth our five each favorite sides of the week. So our 10 favorite sides. We are winning you money on a very large sample size since the beginning of this segment at the beginning of last year. We'll get those updated numbers to you. I didn't get them today. I'll get them next week. Um, but this year so far, I am just above 500 at 25, 24, and 1. JT carrying the show, still hot, 30, 18, and 2. So as a show, we are at, is this an updated number, yes. JT? 55, 42, and 3, which is 55% making money. we got some work to do. We've regressed a little bit, but this holiday season, last year was when we started to get hot. It's time to get hot again. Um, and so with that, I suppose I'm first this week. Yes. I will take the first pick. So my first bet of the week 11 best bet gauntlet, I'm taking the only side on the slate that I actually truly love. It's the Los Angeles Rams plus one at home against Seattle. Some, some thoughts on this game, JT. 
people are absolutely, in my opinion, sleeping on this Rams team because one, they just had their bye, so it's easy to kind of forget about them. And two, they didn't have Stafford before they went on bye, and they were getting beat up pretty bad. They kind of fell under the after the the Puka and Cooper Cup hubbub of early season came down to a simmer. Mm-hmm. The Rams kind of faded off into the back of everyone's mind. They're back. They're playing a division opponent this week. And this is the first matchup, or excuse me, in the first matchup. Uh, reading my notes is hard. In the first matchup between these teams, the Rams outgained Seattle 426 to 180 and more than doubled them first downs in that game. And that was without Cooper Cup, who's going to be, of course, a nice addition for them. And this one, he's going to get his they're getting Matthew Stafford back for this game. If folks haven't heard the news, so that's a big one. They're rested. Seattle, their wins this year, you look at them, they've been kind of fraudulent, right? Yeah. Like, who have who have they beaten this year? Okay, they beat the Giants, a bottom five team. They beat Carolina, a bottom five team. They beat Arizona pre-Kyler returning. They beat Washington barely last week. They beat Cleveland with P.J. Walker. And they beat the Lions, which is flowers for that, but it was in overtime, right? So they don't have really any definitive, impressive wins where you, you look at that and you say that if that's the team that shows up, that's, you know, that's going to be a game breaker. Uh, you look at the the head coaching matchup here, McVay against Seattle in his career as the head coach of the Rams. He's 10 and four against the spread all time versus Seattle six and zero oh in the last six. He's had their number for three years now, and I think it's going to continue this week. I think that they're going to win outright at home. Give me the Rams plus one versus Seattle. Yeah, I, I wish I would have lost this this past week so I could pick first because I really... Wanted... You weren't happy about me taking that No, one. I was not no. at all. Um, ride the hot hand of maybe a top five quarterback right now in the league. In CJ Stroud, I'm mm. going to take like one. the Houston Texans minus five right now at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Just first of all, straight up. Is there any position group on the... Arizona Cardinals that is better than a position group on the Houston Texans right now. I can think of maybe James Conner, who was good at football. By um, the way. I, maybe the, that. I would, I would say like maybe their pass rushes are equal, but that's a maybe. Yeah. That's a maybe. I, I mean, everything else. Per- no. Uh, Texans are the better quarterback right now. Texans have the much better quarterback. I think they have the much better overall defense, at least in that secondary, especially that talk about a mismatch right there between those secondaries. Houston Texans have a great secondary. Well, and how is Arizona going to stop Houston? They can't. Exactly. The, the secondary is trash. They can't. They can't cover them through the air, and they can't get after the quarterback very well. Yeah. So, CJ Stroud, any reason to believe he's not going to be epic this weekend? Yeah. I- it's hard to say. However, there are a couple numbers against this one. Like I said, I like this. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I can get it at minus five right now. If it goes down, you might want to do a little bit of window shopping with this one. <laughs> CJ Stroud, zero and three against the spread as a favorite all time. I don't think that stays that way forever, especially how good he's playing. This team is finally fully healthy. They're also playing a Arizona team that is coming off a win. Um, and it's smart to fave those teams that are coming off a win that are pretty bad. Teams that are 1-4 and four in their last five games coming off a win are 79-136-1 and one straight up in the last 20 years. That's 36.7% right there. I like the Houston Texans this week. I'm going to take them because I think CJ Stroud is on top of the world. I think <laughs> Kyler's nice, but I don't think Kyler can single-handedly win this game by himself. So I'm with you on that bet. With my week uh, 11, second overall best bet gauntlet pick, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns minus one at home against Pittsburgh. Listen, I've been hating on this Pittsburgh team for a couple of weeks, and I will frauds. continue. They are frauds. I will continue to call them what they are, which is fraudulent. Both quarterbacks in this matchup stink. Like folks are saying, PJ Walker, who did is you just is, call your darling DTR, not PJ Walker, DTR. He's call him. Did you say he stinks? Uh, so here's the deal. He does not. I don't think he's going to stink, but he's played one game this year and he stunk in that game. Now in that game, he was playing on zero notice. I think he was told the day before the game that he was playing. It was a very against the Ravens, right? Against yep. it was a very bad spot for him. He's had a full week to prepare. Okay, Sean Watson was ruled out early in the week. It's been DTR getting all the first team reps so far this week. And Kenny Pickett, I mean, we just, we know he's just not, he's not any good. Um, and so I think that the only really, truly good side of uh, either of these teams is the Cleveland's defense. They're, they're clearly the most dominant side of the ball mm-hmm. uh, on either of these teams. And so I think that the game plan for Cleveland is going to be, let's run the ball down their throats. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's scheme up when we want to throw the ball and do so frugally, do so efficiently. Um, and just not 
just 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 not give the game away. Um, that's really the key against this Pittsburgh team. It's opportunistic and the easily the luckiest team in the league. This voodoo simply has to end for them. They are so lucky. They're total frauds. Again, they've not had a single game this year where they have outgained their opponent. They've been so, so fortunate. I think it ends this week. I think the Browns win outright with DTR. I think they're just going to run down, down the throats of that uh, Pittsburgh defense, and I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Give me Cleveland outright, but I'll take a minus one, a very short favorite versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, my next pick here, going with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles in a Super Bowl rematch. For me, like I said, I, I like this pick. I don't love it. It's a lot of ugly games this week. A lot of good games, but ugly totals yep. or sides this week. But really an auto bet for me. A um, couple of reasons why here. So the Eagles, this is the first time all year that they've been an underdog. Teams to be underdogs for the first time in their 10th game or later are 6-23 and 23 straight up and 12-16-1 and 16 and 1 against the spread. Hertz also as an underdog has not been great in his career. He's 3-8 and eight straight up and 5-6 and six against the spread as an underdog. And then, of course, you have Patrick Mahomes when you get him underneath the touchdown, which I don't think it stays that way forever. So go out if you like this one, bet it now. Um, <laughs> 33 and 10 straight up 25 and 17 and one against the spread uh, in those games as a, as a dog of, or uh, as a, uh, as a favorite of three or less. Um, yeah. I, I, I like him obviously. Sure. Andy Reed also um, off the off, buy, off the buy. Yep. Uh, feels like a good spot for Patrick Mahomes to kind of get this statement win. I get, I get it. The Eagles have been waiting for this game, that's, but I still, that's what I'm hesitant about. This, I, I still yep. think this chiefs team, uh, does enough to get it done. So give me them. All right. I am going to, with my third overall pick of the best bet gauntlet week 11, take the Denver Broncos to ride at home, continue riding a two game winning streak. They are hosting the Minnesota Vikings this week. As much as Josh Dobbs and this Vikings team has been a very fun story this year. And they've been fun. I mean, they have been a blast. I think that it, it, it there's a little reality check this week coming and the hype is going to be, dampened just a bit i think the denver at home in this matchup has the advantage against a minnesota team that's been overachieving a little bit now don't get me wrong i think this minnesota team is better than folks give them credit for i actually i actually think this minnesota team may be better than the team last year even though the records aren't reflective of that um but this denver team i mean we're close to some folks having to give sean payton some serious uh apologies because he took his time didn't look great at the beginning of the year, but he started to turn things around. You could argue he's fixed Russ. Russ looks significantly better this year than last. They've started to really find their rhythm on offense and defensively. They've been playing uh, a little bit above their pay grade, I think. I think that Denver wins this game outright. I think they go on a three-game win streak and raise some eyebrows for some folks as they get back into the race. I think they win outright against a Minnesota team that is due for some regression. Give me Denver minus two at home against Minnesota. Yeah, so with my next pick here, probably the the ugliest one in the entire world. Um, I'm taking the Chicago Bears. Oh, I'm going to one-up you in a minute, but uh, all right. Chicago Bears plus seven and a half, but wait, there's more. There's more. You can now get it at plus eight on DraftKings. I would continue it was at 10 show. earlier this week. It, it might continue to go back up. Um, it might go back up as it kind of shifts and shakes here. I think this is because true. Because the public's going to come in on the lines. Yes. They've been the most public team this year. Mm -hmm. It's going to get, I mean, like... I, if folks bet with JT and they should, you should take all of our bets here on the best bet going. Bet it Sunday morning at 1137. Yeah. You might go to like, like 10 and a half. Yeah, because... like bet it at the last minute. Let the public get all their money in there if you're going to take the Bears. Um, listen, I, I think this is a pretty easy one. I think this Chicago Bears team has sneakily just gotten a lot better with time. They Justin go out Fields and back, by Justin the way. Justin yep. Fields coming back. Yep. Uh, Khalil Herbert also coming back this mm -hmm. week, so that rushing attack is better. That offensive line, who I think is getting Nate Davis back this week, has been sneaky. Uh, Titans legend, Nate Davis? Titans legend, Nate Davis, who's kind of been MIA for this entire season. Kind of. Um, <laughs> he has been MIA the he, entire he's, season. Uh, he's he's uh, trending to be back this week, so it's been a solid unit. Um, I think that with the signing of Montez Sweat, they're going to be able to get after the quarterback. Obviously, it's a divisional dog here, a divisional dog with a lot of points on the line there. I think that they're going to be able to get after him. Justin Fields back uh, when he last played, uh, things were clicking for this uh, this offense. Um, so, yeah, pretty much I just think it's too many points for this one, so I'm taking the Bears. Fair enough. Derek in the comments saying he's not betting against the past or not. Uh, fair enough, Derek. I just, listen, here, this is what sharp betting is. It's not fun. You have to take, you have to, you have to, 
really poo-poo the teams that are the, the hot, fun topic. You've got to bet against the noise. You've got to bet against the public, and that's what this is. So maybe I'm wrong in this instant, but I think over over uh, over time, over the aggregate, this is a winning play. Another winning play. The grossest bet, I would contend, on the board this week. This goes against some things I've said in the past, and I'm going to clarify because I'm not being hypocritical. You're hypocritical here. It's just it, it, it requires context. With my fourth pick of the Week 11 Best Bet Gallon, I'm taking Carolina. The Panthers at home, minus 10 and the hook, minus 10 and, 10 and a half. Excuse me. Yeah. Ooh, good grief. Carolina plus 10 and the hook, plus 10 and a half. I mean, if you want to get at crazy, home. I no, I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, in the past, repeatedly, I have been the one on this show to say the Cowboys do nothing but beat up on bad teams. And this is a bad Carolina team. But what else have we seen the Cowboys do this year? They murdered a bad, it was a Giants team yep. earlier in the year, and then they turned around and lost pretty much everybody's survivor pools by losing outright to Arizona in week two, week three. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'm kind of thinking is going to happen here. Happen here. The, the Cowboys have a pretty decent sample size in the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, of of they had some instances of playing really, really, really great, and then falling flat the next week. And this game is sandwiched in between two very important games for them. So it's a very much a look-ahead spot. I think that 10.5 is just too many points, and Carolina at home has had the ability to lay some voodoo on. I mean, we, this this crazy hot Houston Texans team lost outright to Carolina two weeks ago. Yeah, no one wants to talk about it. Everyone's forgotten about it. I think that happens potentially. And I'm not saying they're going to win outright. I'm not saying they're going to win outright. But I do think they keep it way closer than folks think. I think it's a low-scoring affair. This Carolina team starts to put some things together. Now, I'm going to put a contention out there, a, 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 an asterisk on this. I, I, I reserve the right to change this out. I saw Bryce Young pop up on the injury report today. He was a full participant, but they did put him on there for the first time this week. If for some reason he is hurt, and quite, like not even not playing, like if, if he is questionable physically going into this game, I might switch it out. But if he's good to go, Taking Carolina. Give me Carolina plus 10 and a half against Dallas. If you want to feel better about this, this pick, my Cowboys friend just texted me and said, oh no, Easton is right. So um, <laughs> I, I would feel better about it. I, I, I'm with you on that one. It, it seems like a classic lull Cowboys spot. It is. Know? It is. It is. Um, so I'm with you on that one. Yep. My next pick here, this is my fourth pick. Fourth I'm, pick. I'm taking the uh, Buffalo Bills minus seven at home against the New York Jets. Love that. Yep. Um, this one was pretty simple. This was one of my last picks, but I was like, wait, why didn't I take this sooner? The Jets haven't scored an offensive touchdown in 36 drives, consecutive drives, um, which their last touchdown came against the Giants in week eight in the first quarter. So it's been a long time for them. Um, now they're going up against a Buffalo team that, you know, personally, I think with, with the news of Ken Dorsey, I, I think this team's got to get right quick. A little fire in their belly. Um, and, and they're, they're playing a Jets team that just frankly just cannot score whatsoever. And also embarrassed them um, earlier in the year, yeah, by the way. And when Josh Allen prime time in week one, I mean, how how much more do you need to circle that game on your, um, on your schedule? And so with Josh Allen, when he wins, he either does not cover or he wins and murders the cover there. Um, so that's why I'm taking him. Otherwise, a lot of these games, the rest of the, the way here, just didn't seem as tantalizing to me. So I'm going to bet that this Buffalo defense, which I think still with how banged up it is, um, is better than this Raiders and Chargers defenses that they played in the past. Right. Zach Wilson couldn't even score against them. So yep. I, I'm interested to see what happens here. Um, so I'm going to take the uh, Buffalo Bills minus seven. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with this pick entirely. What have you said all year? And it's, it's statistically true. Josh Allen seems to either win by over a touchdown or lose outright. There's really no in-between with him. I think this is a game. This is this, this feels like a put up or shut up game. Yeah. Because their schedule just gets harder and harder down the stretch. They don't win this game. You really can probably write the, the playoffs off. So they, they're the more desperate team here. With my fifth and final pick of the week 11 best bet gauntlet, I uh, and look, Kenneth in the comments telling me something I already know. He says he says that Frank Reich took back play calling from Thomas Brown, undercutting him completely after week one. Bad, bad karma pick, Easton. Kenneth, I, I hate this pick. I hate it. You have to make it though. Like this is what the, it's the kind of pick you hate and you have to make. It's one of the sharpest sides of the week. It's it's the pick. I promise Carolina's the side here. May lose in, in this moment, but just playing playing this spot, you're gonna win money over time. That's how it works. All right, with my fifth and final pick, JT, were the people thinking that we were going to go a best bet goal without picking the Titans game? Silly, silly people. 
with my fifth and final pick, I'm taking the Tennessee Titans plus seven at Jacksonville. Now, if this gets seven and a half, I actually love it. At seven, I like it. And this is just because, again, it's an ugly, gross spot. We have the number from earlier in the show. Teams playing a Florida NFL team the on Florida the second, vibes. the Florida vibes on the second leg of a road trip or longer. They are 95, 52, and five against the spread in the last 20 years. It's a very big sample size with a lot of signal to it. I think that this is a variable spot if there ever was one. The Titans are the more desperate team for sure here. And I think this is a desperate team wins out spot. Again, do they win? Maybe not. If for some reason, my gut tells me they do. My brain tells me no. Whether they win or lose, I think that they cover this number. I think it's, I mean, the, the total is, I think, near 40, if not in the 30s. Um, so it's a low scoring game. Fundamentally, as a better, we love what do we love. We love low scoring, big underdogs. Okay. Because if you're a big dog of, of touchdown and there's not going to be many expected points in the game, that means that you're more likely to be able to keep it close uh, and cover that big number. I think that's the case with the Tennessee Titans here. So give me Tennessee plus seven, my only road team of the week at Jacksonville. Yeah, and now with my final pick here of this week. Let me guess. Do the people have about 37 minutes to bet this this side that you're about to put the, out there? The, pe the people do have 37 oh, okay, minutes. Okay, okay. It's fluctuating. I can currently get it on DraftKings at plus four. I'm going to take oh, it at plus four. There you go. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bungles plus four tonight on Thursday Night Football. Burrow. He's amazing against the spread when he's an underdog. He's is he 13. amazing at night in night he's, games on the, I don't, on the road? Listen, okay. Prime time game? Here, hold on. Sorry, I, I just had to. Burrow, 13 and 5 against the spread <laughs> after a loss and 5 and 2 against the spread as a divisional underdog. Both those, 71 and 72%. Um, Jackson has been really bad as a favorite of between 3 and 10 points. He's been 5 and 16 against the spread. Um, Burrow is a perfect 10 and 0 against the spread as a dog of more than 3. Has Burrow. Uh, not covered in a primetime game. Is his record awful? Yes. However, this is this is right now the, the Bengals mini Super Bowl. They have to, it is a must-win game if they want any chance of staying alive in this division, in right. my opinion. Um, you can't lose both to Baltimore and then expect them with how good they're playing right now to kind of falter down the stretch here. Yep. Um, I think that this this Cincinnati Bengals pick. I, I'm putting two units on it tonight. Who, I think a double play. I'm a double play. This is this is a, <laughs> a, a a bet on the Cincinnati Bengals plus four is a bet for America, for freedom, for justice, and liberty for all. Um, this is this is the time we're here. The jungle is going to roar tonight, even though it's in Baltimore. Um, Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is on the Bengals. Tonight. Yes, he is with them tonight. So I'm taking the <laughs> Bengals plus four. Uh, you can count this one as a vibes pick. I'm also okay, uh, okay. I'm also uh, above 500 on vibes picks this year. Are you um, what two and one? I'm two and one. There you go. There two you of go. Two in the Bengals. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. There we go. Uh, I'm excited. All right, Derek in the comments saying that he's considering fading all of Easton's picks this week except for the last one. No, no, Derek. That's not how it works. You got to either fade all or you fade none. You don't get to pick and choose. Uh, best of luck to you. Best of luck to everybody. Again, maybe I'll have a, a one in four week. They do have a four in one week. All I know is regardless of the outcome in this one week, best bet gauntlet continues to make money. That's all we care about. And I like our picks this week to recap. JT is on Houston minus five at home against Arizona, Kansas city minus two and a half at home against the Eagles, Chicago plus seven and a half on the road in Detroit, Cincinnati plus four on the road in Baltimore and Buffalo minus seven at home against the New York jets. My sides of the week, I'm taking the Rams plus one against Seattle at home. Cleveland minus one at home against Pittsburgh. Denver minus two against Minnesota at home. Carolina minus ten and a half at home against Dallas. And Tennessee on the road plus seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kenneth in the comments saying he'll be watching JT's Twitter panicking throughout tonight's game. You can guarantee, Kenneth, that is what will be happening. We'll be doing it here live at Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House in Spring Hill. Come on down. Come say hey if you're in the area. Again, just a 20, 25-minute drive down the interstate from Nashville. It is not too late to come join us for this banger of a Thursday night football game. Bengals at the Ravens should be an exciting one. Can't wait to get to it. That's what we're going to do right now, JT, because that is our show. Appreciate everybody watching with us, joining with us live today. Appreciate you guys always. Do us a quick favor. Subscribe to the podcast where we get your, your podcasts. We, of course, are a podcast first and foremost. So go and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. By the way, Spotify video show now yeah. available the, the video version of the show is on spotify now if you're a spotify user so you can catch us there 
We're, of course, on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed. It's probably Sports Media on YouTube where you're watching this if you're watching with us live. If you're not watching live, go there right now. Open your YouTube. Search probably Sports Media. It's the one that says BSM in blue, red, and white, the colors of America. Come on. You got to hit that subscribe button. And that will be uh, a very good thing for us as we're continuing. Unfortunately, to to... America's orange and black tonight, though. But oh, all right, 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 right. Any other, any other time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very helpful to us. We're trying to get that count up to a thousand by the end of the year, which I know we can do if you guys continue to subscribe for us. And make sure you're following us on social media at Hot Read Pod on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Until Monday, well, Monday morning, the show comes out. We're recording live on Sunday evening, recapping all things. Tennessee Titans versus Jacksonville Jaguars between the afternoon games and the nightcap. We'll be live talking about whatever happens in a big one for the Titans in a divisional matchup. Until then, for producer JTM, your host, Easton Freeze, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. Thanks for watching with us. We'll talk to you this weekend.